0: are now going to be talking about public access... Uh, to governing bodies, and it's something that we're seeing, uh, of course, on a state level, uh, where you've got the legislature, uh, they haven't really had many session days, they canceled like 70% of them last year, Uh, and now there's an effort to move forward with uh, the remote committee hearings and uh, some questions even from uh, government reform groups like Reform for Illinois, uh, saying that uh, the public needs the same level of access that they had to the legislature since before the pandemic. So that same level needs to be there. I don't know if it's going to be there. So the state house is going to be uh, dealing with that issue. Do they open it up for people to comment? Uh, do they read public comments into the record? Are they only going to have subject matter witnesses or experts or administration officials on remote access? Or are they going to open it up to, to individuals? Uh, but we see that same conversation also happening on a local level. And it was something that uh, boiled over and took a lot of attention uh, from the Springfield City Council meeting Tuesday, uh, and uh, some comments were made back and forth about, uh, you know, the mayors uh, not allowing for certain individuals to connect remotely, but these are individuals that had uh, subject matter interest uh, that they wanted to address uh, specifically uh, of of, a, of an ordinance uh, we'll talk about the specifics of that ordinance involving city water light and power but elizabeth scrafford joins us now she is the sierra club beyond coal campaign organizer here on the wmay morning news feed uh and initially uh elizabeth you you were told that you would be able to address but then when the ordinance came up there was a moment where you didn't get to address and it was delayed a bit mm-hmm. uh what ultimately happened there
1: yeah, so I had signed up to speak the day before by getting in touch with the clerk's office, which is what I usually do. Um, I haven't, this is my first time trying to engage with city council over Zoom. Uh, I knew it was a possibility because I've seen other people do it um, over the last year. Right. Uh, so I emailed the clerk's office, uh, CC'd my older woman, let them know I wanted to attend and specifically said I wanted to attend virtually. The clerk's office emailed me down and said they had me or emailed me back, said they had me down. They did not say, you have to come to city council. Um, but I never got a link. So Alderwoman DeCenso sent me a link. So I joined uh, when I was supposed to join. Uh, I was very quickly booted out of city council, the city council Zoom. Um, and so then I joined again. I was told to join again. <laughs> I joined again, and I was booted out again. there were some emails back and forth between the clerk's office and Alderwoman DeCenso. This and is myself. all while the
0: meeting is going on. <laughs>
1: Uh huh. Yep. Oh, yep. 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 <laughs> um, about whether or not, and they were the clerk's office was saying, "No, you need to come down to City Council." The meeting had started. Right. It was, you know, they. were I didn't know it was, if a, good, it was a good. It was good forty for minutes
0: me. into it. Whenever that ordinance came
1: up, right? Exactly. So I'm I'm sitting at home in my kitchen, which is where you know during the pandemic I have been watching City Council from home. Prior to the pandemic, I was a regular in City Council chambers. Um, but I'm watching from home, like most people in Springfield are. And I think what one of the things that has been good about the council meetings being broadcast live is, you know, I can see a lot of my friends are watching on Facebook Live. People are commenting. People are talking about city council in new it's ways true, right. because there has been uh, greater visibility about what's going on in the council chambers. Um, so in that aspect, you know, it's been great to be able to cook dinner and watch city council on a Tuesday night. Uh, Anyways, I'm sitting here at home trying to get on, uh, and there's pushback going back and forth about whether or not they're going to let me join. And finally, they did decide to let me join. But it was and, not until a fight had happened.
0: Yeah, and the mayor did indicate, you know, he said, hey, we're, we're open more up. Uh, and I want to get your, your reaction to this because you did uh, bring up, you know, the, the number of nationwide COVID-related deaths and compared that to the, mm-hmm. the city's population. Uh, and, you know, we can agree or disagree on, on the characterization there and if it's a proper one. But uh, the mayor did say, you know, hey, we're, we're in phase four. Uh, people are getting back to work. People are. Uh, we do have the ability to have meetings up to fifty. Uh, for example, you know, I've had other aldermen talk about the the, the partitions that are up, uh, the mask wearing inside the chamber. Um, why not, you know, observe those those guidelines? And, and if indeed uh, you want to have a good substantive conversation, go to the council chambers.
1: So I think for a few a, a few things are important to remember. Um, the I think it's hard to imagine what four hundred. 443,000 people, um, what that number is. And imagine that that many people have died of COVID, which is why I made the comparison. It's almost four times the amount of our population. Uh, so I do think that it's important. I have friends of friends who have died. I have a colleague who has died of COVID, um, that this is a real thing. Um, you know, I have a family member who's chronically ill. Uh, I have friends of friends who, you know, have cancer, uh, so for a lot of people, right, who have weakened immune systems, this is a really scary time, uh, and not in an alarmist way, but in a real way. And there's a lot of people who are not taking this seriously. When I go to the grocery store, I see people wearing their masks around their chin. Uh, we we know that there's variants right now of COVID, um, and we know that what has happened over the last year is every time we get to stage four, uh, people start to get a little bit too comfortable, and things go right back up. Um so there's that. There's also, I work for the Sierra Club. Sierra Club is taking COVID very, very seriously. Um, and we are all working from home right now until July. Uh, because there is a concern for the safety of, of staff and volunteers. Our volunteers are usually out hiking and doing programs. Um, that is not happening right now in Sierra Club. Everything is ha- happening virtually because there's such a deep concern for community. Um, And so, yeah, you know, they are sitting there in council chambers, but I've watched them on video and I've watched some of those council members take off their masks while while they've been sitting there with the petitions up. Um, And I don't think it's a good idea because what happens if 50 people do show up in city council? You've got a variant strain. People aren't wearing their masks properly. You don't know who's washing their hands. You know, level five or stage four or whatever we're at, we're not out of the woods yet. We've got a ways to go. We need more people to get vaccines. So maybe this summer, we can go back to council. But until things really are safe, why rush it? Well, let's, and, let's be cautious.
0: And and I want to I want to talk with you about your concerns of uh, CWLP and the ash ponds mm-hmm. and the like. Um, but it, it, you you seem to indicate it was irresponsible for uh, the mayor to you know encourage Absolutely. people to, to interact. Is it irresponsible to to you know we've got uh, ads playing on air, uh, local businesses, and I think even the mayor's you know indicated it's important to uh, to frequent uh, businesses. Again, we're in phase four. You can have fifty percent capacity indoor dining. Uh, is that irresponsible
1: i'm not i'm not dining indoors right now um i think my concern is like you know we've seen in Sangamon county not all establishments are following the rules so
0: yeah it's not just in Sangamon county
1: (laughs) that's not just 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 across the state
0: Uh, we've highlighted that plenty here on these airwaves that's for sure
1: right Um, right right so i think i think there is like I don't know. I'm not I'm not a scientist. I'm listening to the scientists that are that are saying, you know, be careful. You should be wearing double double masks. One of the scientists who I follow up at this morning was saying, you know, really, people should be wearing two cloth masks with a filter inside, which really doesn't sound fun. But like, you know, being on a ventilator sounds less fun than wearing three masks to me.
0: Right. Uh, Elizabeth Scrafford joins us with the Sierra Club. Of course, public access uh, it's important uh, and and everybody who wants to access government in a public manner uh, should have that ability. Uh, and that's again something as I highlighted with uh, Reform for Illinois saying that uh, even at the state house level, uh, citizens need to be able to access their legislators in the same manner they had access before the pandemic, but also allowing for uh, remote uh, type of access. Elizabeth, you were there at the uh, City Council virtually to address an ordinance about the uh, city's utility. Uh, They're moving forward with Mm -hmm. decommissioning some of the uh, uh, coal-fired power plants, uh, but there's also this issue of ash ponds. If you could make this as understandable for people as possible, why should they care about how these ash ponds are dealt with and how CWLP is operated?
1: Sure. So right now, what's what's going on is there's groundwater contamination. There's been documented groundwater contamination at CWLP for years. So groundwater is, if you think about the water that flows underneath the ground, right? We've got streams of water flowing all the time. And so underneath those ash ponds, there is streams of water. You've got the the creek right there. You've got the lake right there. And so it's been documented from CWLP's own tests that they have taken and turned into the EPA that there is just a lot, a lot, a lot of groundwater contamination, things like arsenic and boron. Um, at a really high level that's unsafe. Uh, And we know that people who live close to coal ash ponds have a higher rate of things like cancer. So it matters how coal ash is handled. Um, and, And so part of what I was asking or wanted to ask on Tuesday night had to do with the conversation about moving the lime ponds, which are not ash ponds, they're different. And the lime ponds have to do with water purification. I won't get into all of that. But they're, they're located close to where or on the same site as the ash ponds. So the question is, if they're going to be doing excavation, right, they're going to be digging stuff up, they're going to be moving stuff around, how does that impact the existing ash ponds and the hydrology, so the water underneath? And, I, I w- and it really was just a couple questions for the alders to be considering as they look at moving things around, you know. And, and you do have, um, a, you
0: have a contract that was approved, I believe it was approved, if I recall, um, to essentially move forward with kind of an engineering study of sorts to uh, mm-hmm. find out, you know, costs of all this. Uh, what do you think needs to be in that study moving forward? What needs to be considered uh, in that study moving forward? Elizabeth Scrafford with the Sierra Club joining us here on the WMAY Morning News Feed.
1: Yeah, so I'm concerned that at the January 12th meeting, uh, city council members were talking about hurrying through the process before tougher regulations kick in regarding coal ash. Um, you know, there is an Illinois coal ash bill that has been passed and is the EPA is finalizing it right now. That has to do with how coal ash is stored um, because this has been a problem across the state, uh, and so legislators finally wrote a wrote a law. It's F-E-C-A. They're trying to figure out the last little details of this. And I think that concerns me, number one, the idea of rushing anything through. Two, city council has talked a lot about their plan to cap the coal ash in place, which is basically means you leave it where it's at and you put you put a liner over the top. But that doesn't do anything with what's underneath and the groundwater contamination. So if you understand that the contamination is happening Underneath the pond, it doesn't matter if you throw something on top of it. That's that's going to slow down rain that hits the top, but it's not going to if the water table rises underneath. You know, uh, in times of high rain, it's not going to stop any of of the contamination there. So what needs to happen is they need to do a clean closure, and that's expensive, right? Um, I understand that it's expensive. I understand. Uh, the CWLP is strapped for cash. They do have that environmental fund. Yep. One of the things I millions, said on millions Tuesday of dollars night, in
0: that, right? I mean, they they've got millions of dollars in that fund and anticipating more.
1: Right, but they did just take away some money from that in December, which oh, we the, should the all rebates. be paying attention to. Yeah. yeah, and you know, COVID is so tricky, right? On so many levels, so many people are hurting. I understand that. We should be looking for ways to to help people, but the environment is always. Environmental funds, environmental protections is always one of the funds that gets taken away when we are in a pinch. Uh, and we need to be getting creative and not saying, OK, we're going to we're going to help someone over here at the cost of the environment when we've got this huge liability and huge problems to take care of as a city. Um, and we basically, you know, Sierra Club has been talking about this for years and years and years and years and years and years, um, And it's sounding the alarm, and it's kind of been like no one wanted to talk about it. Uh, And I know some of the aldermen get mad at me sometimes because Sierra filed a complaint with the state. But it was like we were were waving our arms, jumping up and down and yelling, hey, will you talk about coal ash? We're worried. And the answer was resoundingly, no, we will not talk about coal ash with you. Uh, So when there is documented groundwater contamination, what else are you supposed to do besides say, hey, state, there's a huge problem. CWLP is not willing to do it, deal with it. Will you step in and help out here? Um,
0: Elizabeth Scrafford, we are uh, out of time, uh, but I definitely oh, want to connect with you again in the future uh, as we look in the advance of uh, you know new technologies, new energies, wind, solar, a uh, variety of other natural gas. There's a huge natural gas plant that's going to apparently be going in, uh, in in South Sangamon County and so on, uh, but you're with the Beyond Coal campaign with the Sierra Club, so I uh, uh, hopefully we can connect again in the near future and just kind of look at the, the portfolio, right? See what see what's out there. Out see you. what, uh, you know, uh, is the, the most conducive while also ensuring that, uh, you know, we, we maintain uh, the economy, we maintain reliable energy and so on. So uh, let's connect again in the future, all right?
1: Sounds good. Take care.